Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. During this pandemic, many of us just still aren't comfortable eating out inside restaurants, and ordering delivery from a restaurant often feels like one of the few luxuries that's left to us. Some restaurants welcome any business they can get from third-party apps. That includes Grubhub, DoorDash, and Postmates. These apps encourage customers to place orders with them. They then order the food through the restaurant. They charge the restaurant a commission. They then deliver the food to the customer for a fee. But many restaurants are now pushing back. They say the commissions hurt as much as the extra business helps. Even some lawmakers are trying to get into the mix. And our guests today are here to discuss the issue. Melanie Meyer is the chef and co-owner of Party Bear Pizza and Tiny Chef at the Silver Ballroom. That's a Korean-slash-pizza joint in one of the city's coolest dive bars. And we're also joined by Kurt Bellin. He's the general manager of Chow Ban. That's a restaurant serving regional Thai cuisine in the city's Grove neighborhood. So, Melanie, you recently posted on Facebook that your restaurant is not on any of these third-party apps. And you posted it with a great deal of emphasis. <laughs> Why is it that you're not on these apps? Well, first of all, um, sorry, I'm getting feedback a little bit. Um, Postmates decided to add my menu onto their uh, server, and they didn't ask me. I didn't give my consent, and then I had somebody come up and try to order from me when I wasn't even open at the time, and the menu was wrong, and... Um, that's got to be super frustrating. So the restaurant is closed and like a delivery driver shows up, like I'm here to pick up this order. Yes. Yes. And I was just like, I've I've never said it was okay for me to be on Postmates. I would like to be removed. And the thing that I found out from many other people is that once you're on Postmates, it's almost impossible to get your menu removed. Hmm. And so anytime I say I can't, you know, I'm, I'm not, accepting Postmates orders, they deem me as too busy instead of just removing my menu. And that also kind of hurts me as well, because people think that, you know, there's too many people there or I'm too busy, so they don't want to place an order. Yeah, I wonder if other customers customers see that and they just assume, oh, I might not even order through this, but now I guess I won't order through them um, ordering directly through them. That seems like that could have a real impact. Yeah, because I did advertise that I am using a side window for limited contact to-go orders. Mm-hmm. And whenever I'm deemed too busy, you know, people aren't going to come by. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It's kind of frustrating. Yeah, that seems like a big problem. And I know this idea of people being added against their will, that, that that's a big problem. And I want to get a bit more into that in a little bit. But, Kurt, first I wanted to ask you um, – Chauban does currently use these apps. What do you see as the appeal of having customers um, be able to use them to get your food? Uh, yes, we do use uh, actually three apps, uh, Grubhub, Uber Eats, and Postmates. And um, basically, we, we've been a new restaurant. We just celebrated our one-year anniversary. And ultimately, I've, I've spent time on those apps, uh, admittedly enough, and Oftentimes, you know, just seeing the different lists of restaurants, I'll see restaurants I've never seen before. And ultimately, just trying to get more exposure for a really uh, delicious food and cuisine was was kind of a big priority in the first year. Mm -hmm. Uh, So definitely jumping on to these opportunities was uh, 
uh, head upsides for us at Chowbox, for mm-hmm. sure. And it seems like one of the big downsides for, for the people who've chosen to be on, you know, not a situation like what Melanie's described, where people are being added against their will, but for those who are willing to take these orders, uh, the New Yorker has reported that between 20 and 40 percent of the revenue on these third-party orders goes to the app, a place like Grubhub or a place like Postmates. Some restaurants are saying they might even be losing money on some of these orders. Has that ever been the case for you at, at Chowban, where you're wondering, is this even worth the revenue I'm getting from the person ordering the food? Yes, that was a major concern. Uh, restaurants across the board operate on very, very tight margins, even when they're uh, you know super busy in normal times. So mm-hmm. definitely 30 uh, percent is, which is generally what we're paying uh, our delivery partners, uh, is an enormous slice, very big slice. Mm-hmm. And so we've been forced to, um, and this is a move that many restaurants do on the app, uh, we've been forced to just raise our prices just a little bit just on those apps um, to help cover that commission cost. Hmm. So if people order directly through the restaurant, they're actually getting a better deal than if they're going through this app. Oh, absolutely. I try to, because um, basically there are options to uh, place an order for pickup. Uh, so that's where I'll actually be able to get in, in contact with the guests. And every single time, I will let them know of the situation, let them know it's more expensive, you know, doing a pickup order on Postmates, per se, as opposed to using our very convenient, uh, very slick very efficient online order on our website. And um, mm-hmm. I try to tell everyone that I can. <laughs> that seems like a good message. I mean, that helps your customers <laughs> as well as helps you. Uh, Melanie, I, I, I want to go back to this issue of them being able to add you without your consent. Um, we did hit uh-huh. up a, a number of these apps to ask how this works. We asked DoorDash if they added restaurants without their consent, and they basically acknowledged they did. In their statement, they said, while we cannot always connect with a restaurant before listing them on our platform, we always do our best to immediately respond to any requests, changes, or issues associated with any restaurant listing. If a restaurant doesn't want to be listed on our platform, our policy is to immediately take that restaurant down upon request. And Grubhub said, starting in late 2019 in select cities across the country, we'll add restaurants to our marketplace when we see local diner demand for delivery so the restaurant can receive more orders. This is something other delivery companies have been doing for years, I guess basically blaming the competitors here. But they do say if a restaurant prefers not to be on our marketplace or needs to change any information like menu items or hours, they should reach out to us and we'll work as quickly as possible to make necessary updates or remove them. Sounds like that wasn't exactly your experience with the the one uh, with Postmates. Have you had any um, experiences with either DoorDash or Grubhub? I have not, actually, which is good. (laughs) Um, DoorDash hasn't gotten in contact with me or Grubhub. Um, I guess where I I find myself getting confused is how these apps can charge restaurants a commission if you haven't explicitly agreed to it. And I get that in the case like, Kurt, for a new restaurant trying to get your name out there, that might be something you agree to. But how can they force a restaurant to pay that if this is something that's happening against your will? Kurt, do you have any sense of how that might work? Uh, That's literally uh, basically the only contact I really have had with these uh, third-party apps is the salespeople that are trying to get new restaurants uh, on account, if, if you will. And a big part of that process is signing signing the agreement, basically, that that solidifies that commission rate. That's basically most, that's 
been 98% of the interactions that I've had directly with these third parties is just getting me to sign on the dotted line, basically. Um, Kurt, I know from being somebody who loves Chow Ban as a restaurant myself, um, that at one point you guys were, were seeking to handle the delivery yourselves. Um, what happened to that idea? So uh, basically, uh, you need to have uh, like kind of a critical mass uh, amount of deliveries needed to be able to staff that, you know, that extra person to just handle uh delivery and and ultimately you know in the first couple of weeks of the shutdown we did get uh, you know maybe a delivery or two a night but ultimately it was just too much for me to um, try to keep that in-house and mm-hmm. do a, an effective job at, at delivering good product number one but also ensuring that that delivery driver gets uh, enough money to justify them running back and forth uh, during such a interesting time in Taiwan. Yeah. And I, I guess, you know, in fairness to these companies, as much as I completely see Melanie's point about this, nobody should ever be added against their will. It is expensive um, to have drivers out there being able to deliver anything that we want at the moment we want it. Um, Grubhub, in their statement, they said, if a restaurant wants us to deliver on their behalf, there is a 10% fee to provide this service that's used to pay the driver and cover the logistics of the drivers transporting the food from the restaurant to the diner. This is optional. A restaurant can choose to perform its own delivery, but the costs associated with delivery are not optional. For instance, it costs money to coordinate drivers, perform driver background checks, and create an update delivery technology. I have to concede the point, even if overall I also share the concern. And it sounds like you experienced that firsthand, Kurt. Oh, yes, definitely. And, uh, you know, the really interesting thing is during this shutdown, I've I've met a, a good amount of uh, of these third-party delivery drivers. They're just like you and me. They're, some of them have been in you know, uh, the industry for a while and doing this for a side gig. So I definitely, definitely um, am concerned about you know, the, the amount of pay that is ultimately funneling through these very uh, non-transparent systems. And ultimately, I, I hope all these drivers that are you know, delivering this great food and and working with us are are getting adequately paid. Well, on that subject of pay, Kurt, I know one of your concerns has been that this does affect tips for restaurant staff. How so? Okay, so um, one thing that's not very apparent to the consumer of these delivery items is is where exactly the tip is going. I'm not 100% sure on the different pay structures of all these different things, even for my position. Um, but oftentimes, you know, uh, guests will, will leave a tip, um, you know, through the app. Um, but, you know, whether or not that tip is going to maybe be the, all, all of it going to the driver or some of it is maybe going to the person that's preparing the food, uh, none of that is clear uh, mm-hmm. for, for anyone involved. So. It's against uh, lack of transparency. So I know when I used to be a server, if somebody placed a to-go order, um, if they got if they tipped on that, which they should tip on that, that would go to me as the person who got it all boxed up and got it ready to go. That's not necessarily the case if I'm ordering through Grubhub that that money is remitted to you to go to the the in-house server at your restaurant. Uh, very, very, very rarely. Uh, some different apps have different um, ways of putting it, where you could like contribute to the restaurant, and that, and we treat that as a as a tip to our staff. 
Um, but ultimately, there's, you know, in terms of the work, it's the same amount of work for my staff, uh, but they don't get the same tip from the guests uh, that many of the guests that are doing to-go uh, orders are, are gladly uh you know, providing for, for my staff. Mm-hmm. Melanie, I guess I can see why you've decided this is just not worth it to work with. Have you heard that from other friends within the restaurant industry that they've come to the same conclusion? Yes, yes, I definitely have. Um, and then another thing, it's like, a you know, I'm a very, very tiny kitchen in a very tiny space, and um, I can't afford any kind of commission that's taken away from my sales. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a problem with people using it or with people utilizing their services. It's just for me personally, it just doesn't work as far as um, my own financial needs go for the restaurant and myself. Mm-hmm. We're talking about third-party delivery apps with two local restaurateurs. That's Melanie Meyer. She's the chef and co-owner of Party Bear Pizza and Tiny Chef at the Silver Ballroom in South St. Louis. And we're also joined by Kurt Bellin, the general manager of Chow Bon in The Grove. We need to take a quick break, but we'll be back shortly to continue this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. Welcome back. We're checking in with some of our local restaurateurs here in St. Louis, and that's Melanie Meyer. She's a chef and co-owner of Party Bear Pizza and Tiny Chef at the Silver Ballroom. And we're also joined by Kurt Bellin, the general manager of Chow Ban. We want to hear from you. Um, have you been to a restaurant for dine-in services lately? And what was the experience like? You can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. Kurt, I want to um, go back to you here. I know that you guys were open for um, curbside and delivery while restaurants were closed for dine-in. But now that so many places are opening up um, their full restaurants, have you seen takeout orders drop? Um, uh, They have dropped kind of slightly, just very little. Um, but ultimately, uh, ultimately, after talking with, with many of our guests, uh, including ones getting uh, to-go food. Um, you know, many of our guests, uh, you know, live in the city and just have a different mindset maybe compared to other areas of, of the metropolitan area on, on how comfortable they are dining inside a, uh, a restaurant. So many of our uh, loyal regulars are still getting uh, to-go food from us, and for that we're extremely grateful. Melanie, what has your experience been with that whole question of uh, takeout versus people wanting to dine in? Well, I actually have a side window in my kitchen that um, is on the Itasca side of the building of the ballroom. And I have opened it up so that people can come in and take to-go orders. They don't have to come into the um, into the ballroom if they're worried about, you know, small crowds of people. Um, and so that's helped me out a lot, a mm-hmm. lot, a lot. People are really taking advantage of that window. Yes, yes. (laughs) Have you seen people um, wanting to take advantage of being there inside the bar for that more traditional dine-in experience? Yeah, yeah. And the way the ballroom works is they're they're amazing. Like, they have um, guidelines that are followed extremely strictly. And um, if you go on their website or on their Facebook page, 
Um, they have an entire list of guidelines that everybody must follow as far as wearing masks. Um, there are sanitizer stations, um, trying to maintain social distancing. And what's really cool about being within the Silver Ballroom is that we've kind of worked together um, during COVID. And so, like, with takeouts at the window, we're also offering, you know, to-go booze as well so that we can all, like, help each other out, which is great. And have you seen a lot of people taking advantage of that opportunity? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's been actually, it's been wonderful. Like, they can, you know, take a six-pack home with them with their tiny chef and with their party bear pizza. So, and they're really happy about that. That's great. I love that South City is, is being South City. Like, of course you need booze with your pizza or Korean food. Like, there, is there yeah. any question here? <laughs> um, Kurt, for you guys, I know you are open for um, patio dining at this point. You have not yet reopened the dining room. What's your thinking on that? Um, well, I mean, we're in the exact same position as, as all of our guests, just watching the news every day and trying to figure out, you know, what is the right decision to do uh, and uh, hearing that, that breaking news at the beginning of the day felt really good because ultimately we do want a little bit of leadership and uh, just establishing some common sense guidelines like everybody being required to wear a mask because one of the biggest concerns is that, you know, no matter how well we could put a system in place on our end, it really does come down to the cooperation of the diners coming in. And so definitely trying to figure out that good middle ground of, um, you know, what's safe, what's, uh, you know, what steps are we going to be taking uh, to address this, but also keeping in mind, you know, what's the reason why guests choose to dine in at a restaurant in the first place and trying not to um, encroach upon that. Uh, is is been a, like a, just a large puzzle to uh, think about for this last month or two. Mm-hmm. You know, we uh, we interviewed uh, Gerard Kraft, who owns a, a bunch of high end restaurants in the St. Louis area, the other day, and he expressed his frustration um, with you know they have this very firm mask policy, and that people are choosing to get angry about it. This again was before this order that was breaking news that. You know, they clearly state this on their website, and yet some people were walking away in a huff rather than comply with it. Melanie, I know you're in a much more chill kind of setup there, but have you had any problems like that? Uh, Well, the good thing about that is that in order to get food dining in, you still have to go through the ballroom. And so they're extremely adamant with people wearing masks. And if people, you know, get huffy about it, then they're, you know, they, they have to leave. And that sounds like you appreciate that policy. Yes, very much. <laughs> we uh, we asked our listeners how they feel about this, when they will feel like they're ready to dine inside and, you know, whether they've tried it and what their experience was. And we put this on our St. Louis on the Air Facebook page, which we want to encourage you all to join if you're interested in the topics that we cover. Um, it's a members-only group, but we accept pretty much everybody who can answer a few simple questions proving they're not a Russian bot. Um, and for the most part, the people we heard from said they are not comfortable eating inside yet. Um, Antoinette says, I will not be dining in for a while. Not sure when that will be. The dining in experience may never be the same. It doesn't seem pleasurable. I will continue to order takeout, but I refuse to use delivery services. The added cost is prohibitive. So there's someone speaking to that point. Uh, Maureen says, we have dined out once and no one else was in the restaurant. It was kind of odd, but we decided that with all these new cases that our best bet was curbside or cook at home. Jennifer writes, I won't consider any place that doesn't have 
have their public-facing employees wearing masks and take all reasonable precautions to protect the employees. If the employees aren't protected, then we aren't protected. And I don't want to support any business that doesn't provide a safe working environment for their employees. Melanie, as you're there, as you say, it's it's a very small kitchen, um, although I imagine it's probably just you and, and your partner in there. Um, but do you worry about your own health in having to to be there and, you know, people in the bar and, and that kind of interaction? I do. It is it is something that makes you on edge pretty much constantly. Um, mm-hmm. But I love being open. I'm so glad to be open again. And on the other hand, I totally understand people not wanting to dine in because I honestly haven't gone out to a restaurant since they started opening up, mm-hmm. which is why like, I do offer that window and I do offer um, to-go food. And I'm in the future, I'm planning on doing more um, kind of like grab-and-go products that you can get, like sandwiches or take-home cooking kits, um, just to further comfort any guests that I have that may have that concern. Mm-hmm. Kurt, for you, do you hear from employees who are, they're just not ready to come back to work yet, um, even though, again, you don't have people there in the dining room. You do have the patio and the, the takeout business. Uh, yes. Uh, so that's throughout this entire shutdown, having a just a conversation every day with the employees that are on shift that day about, you know, how they're feeling, what they've seen in the news, what, you know, I could say is I think is safe. And, you know, just having that organic discussion where, you know, on one hand, um, you know, I could establish all these safety protocols and all these things, but, it, you know, that would just be just a bad work environment in terms of, like, like literally having to micromanage people to, like, touch their face and things like that. Mm-hmm. So throughout the whole process, I've been talking with my staff about, you know, how safe they feel coming in and how safe they would feel, uh, you know, taking these different measures. So, you know, definitely having um, my staff's uh, well-being in mind is is number one for me. Okay. So it sounds like a good collaborative atmosphere. You guys are there discussing it and, and figuring out what works. Exactly. That's great to hear. I want to go to the phone lines. Um, our caller is actually Alderwoman Christine Ingracia, and I know that she introduced a bill that was hoping to crack down a bit on some of these third-party apps, and it's great that we're going to be able to hear her perspective. So, Alderman Ingracia, um, welcome to St. Louis on the Air. Thank you very much, Sarah. I apologize because your folks sent me an email about this and I failed to respond. So appreciate you taking some time with me. No, I'm, I'm glad you just uh, that you happened to be listening or that that email alerted you to tune in. And, um, you know, I know that bill that you had introduced at this point, you haven't been able to get it to the floor. Um, but tell us a bit about what you were hoping to do with that. Sure. Boardville 27 would impose basically some transparency requirements and restrictions on third-party delivery services for um, not just food establishments, but also there are a number of small businesses with whom I've spoken who are interested. Maybe they do retail or something else, and, you know, because of COVID, um, would would benefit from being able to utilize these services as well. So it would um, cap fees and commissions, um, also let the folks who are using these platforms understand where their gratuities are going. In some instances, they're not actually going to the drivers. Hmm. Um, and all, also a provision that would allow for drivers to understand a little bit better about how much they're making, because that's another concern. We've got these platforms that are all based outside the city of St. Louis, relying on um, our residents here in the city um, to 
do the deliveries and we want to make sure that people are are making money. I've spoken with a number of drivers who might sign up for several different platforms and then be driving food around um, for maybe one or two or more platforms. And so that's problematic in terms of, you know, if you expect hot food and your delivery driver has three orders under three different platforms, how, how you know, expedited that will be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also requiring um, uh, to the point that, that Melanie made, uh, I believe it was Melanie, I apologize if I'm wrong, that you would not be able to just list um, proactively without reaching out to a restaurant um, Mm-hmm. You'd have to get their sign on in order to to Absolutely. serve them and charge these commissions. I mean, th- these all sound like such good things, and yet it makes me kind of nervous because St. Louis is such a small city in the grand scheme of things. Are you worried that these companies might decide just to pull out of the city rather than have to comply with what seem like pretty common sense rules? That's a, that's a great question. And um, to your point, um, I did have the board bill heard in the health committee. I did not ask for a vote representative from the restaurant industry and a representative of Uber Eats speak. Um, and I'm working now on uh, red line versions that were provided to me. Um, I've, I've been really grateful for the, the partnership of uh, DoorDash, Postmates, Uber Eats, um, and uh, Instacart, and um, looking at what they have suggested as changes and then working with the restaurants with whom I've been working to hopefully come up to, uh, you know, a, a place where we can compromise um, also with a sunset date um, that would address COVID specifically, but then create some sort of level of a task force for people to keep talking about this because these third-party apps, just the nature of them is they, they change so much. So, mm-hmm. um, and and. Also, to your point, in terms of pulling out of the market, I've been in conversations with some of the local municipalities in St. Louis County as well about their interest in trying to move legislation forward so it wouldn't just be the city of St. Louis. It would be a a more unified effort regionally. Okay. Well, thank you for that. That, That's good to hear about these efforts. Melanie Meyer, you've been just very critical of of these apps. Do you think there's anything that could be done that would legislatively that would get you to say, yeah, I think I actually want to use this for my restaurant? Or are you content to just do it with the window and and work it the way you're working it? Um, Well, that's that's a good question. there's, so David Chang, he once said, I think the entire food delivery space needs to be a governmented, uh, regulated industry. And I completely agree with that because sometimes like with these tactics of taking commission or charging, you know, higher fees, it's almost like a, a bullying scheme for restaurants. Um, mm-hmm. Because I've been, I've worked at places before where they've been added on. And so the owner was reluctantly, you know, just giving in to using them and then, the delivery service then came in, showed them how much they were making a month with them and saying that if you don't start um, paying them a certain commission or using their products, then they're going to pull them and they're going to lose all that business. Hmm. And it's just a very unattractive tactic to try to run a business. And um, yeah, that's, that's why I just, I just, would rather not use them. <laughs> yeah, I can see why it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And and unfortunately, yeah. we're almost out of time here, but I had one last question I wanted to ask Kurt, and that is, Kurt, you said you initially um, were willing to be on all these because you were a new restaurant. You were trying to get your name out. Well, now you're a year old, but you're also in the middle of just the toughest time for restaurants anyone has ever faced. Do you think you'll stick with these apps, or do you see yourself pulling back now that you have developed such a fan base? Um, more than likely, we'll 
just kind of continue the course with the three we have now. I honestly have like kind of a favorite that works a little bit more smooth than everything. So we might contract down to uh, to one delivery app service. But Do you want to uh, name that favorite uh, if people wanted to know <laughs> what you most want us to use? Uber Eats. Uber it's Eats. just really good. It's a lot smoother on the interface. I could maybe sometimes get a hold of someone to resolve an issue with the guest, maybe. Oh, this uh, is high praise here, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's like kind of the best. Uh, it's, it's not the worst, is yeah. what I will say. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess I guess the takeaway I want to leave people with is if you're capable, um, call the restaurant directly or for a restaurant like Chauban that has this this great website. You can just order it on the website directly, cut out the third party people. It seems like that is the message that restaurateurs would most like to hear from this. So uh, Kurt Bellin of Chauban, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I was really excited to do this and I'm glad I didn't curse. <laughs> you did not curse. You have passed <laughs> flying colors. And uh, Melanie Meyer of Party Bear Pizza and, and Tiny Chef, thank you for joining us today. And thank you for sticking with us, even with those initial technical problems. Yes, I'm so sorry about that. Oh. I know I got flustered earlier. <laughs> not your problem at all. There's nothing worse than hearing that echo of your own voice. So thanks for persevering. It was great to hear your perspective. And we also want to thank St. Louis Alderwoman Christine Ingracia for sharing her perspective on the board bill that she's working on at the St. Louis Board of Aldermen. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.